0: I like reverb as much as the next guy, but nobody needs to pay that much for it. Yeah, like, fuck. Just let me put the computer in a big room. We'll get the same sound. Yeah. Everybody to another episode of the Motor Mouth Podcast, a podcast where a lot of great ideas go absolutely nowhere. My name is Joel Tyree, and with me, as always, is my esteemed co-host, the Tim Gerard. Hello, Joel. Howdy, howdy. <laughs> Two topics, under Sanity leaves. This is going to be a little more organized than the last episode, <laughs> where we just said "fuck it, we'll fix it in post." <laughs> um, Tim, what'd you
1: bring? Uh, so I would like to talk about my entry for the Spitfire Audio DC's Supergirl scoring competition.
0: Oh shit. Not, not sorry, not Supergirl, Stargirl. Did you say Scuba Girl? I'd watch Sup- that I think I said Supergirl. <laughs> okay, cool. Live react. Woo. I still, I haven't watched it yet, so I'm, I'm prepared yeah, I for that. Yeah. Not, not a, uh, uh, Rolls off the tip of your tongue, uh, subject. I don't know how I'm gonna put that in the fucking title, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could just say, like, you know, Stargirl scoring competition or something like that. Like that was Y-Z yeah. reaction dot reaction. Yeah. Dot <laughs> well, that's the thing, it's always like, you know,
1: it's like, well, Spitfire Audio is hosting it, and then it's like, of course, it's not just like Stargirl, it's gonna be DC's Stargirl because, like, you know, it's like they're it's like a co sponsor kind of thing, and it's like, okay, like. You know, yeah, it's it's really fun doing you know doing the YouTube video title. We're just like, okay, get all this stuff, but it's like, you know, you're also going to make sure your name's in there too because it's like everybody's probably putting this in.
0: Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and I'm bringing in in a rare meta moment. I'm bringing podcasting as a discussion topic. <laughs> nice, because we do it, but we haven't really talked about it, and we we we're trying to like. Have people pay us to produce the quality of audio that we're doing? We haven't really talked about podcasting as a subject, so I thought that'd interesting. be interesting. Yeah, I like that. We're just deconstructing it. It's getting slowly and slowly further off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> so, hit me with the premise for the Star Girl. Uh, explain the contest for our listeners.
1: So, okay, so um, I've done similar contests before. So, there's a, a company who makes sample libraries called Spitfire Audio. And uh, they're the ones who hosted the the contest. It was probably about a year ago, if not more, uh, with with Westworld, with HBO. And um, that was sort of the first contest like this where I I tried entering it and ended up um, having issues with YouTube. Uh, Because back then I was creating my scores differently in a different program. And then when I would try to take... The audio file of my score and just kind of save it to the video, it would work fine on my computer, and then I went to upload it to YouTube, and for some reason, like, it just removed my score. It had all the original audio, but not my score. So, like, YouTube was somehow able to, like, separate that. So, and of course, you know, doing everything late as fuck, I was uploading it, like, ten minutes before the contest closed, and you're supposed to upload it to YouTube, and then you have this form you fill out where you say, here's the link to my YouTube video and it sends them there. So luckily I started the upload and it was enough to give me the link. So I could put that in the form and submit it while it was still technically uploading, but at least I had the link. I was like, cool, that's fine. You know, as long as they don't check it one minute after the contest is done, it'll be uploaded. So once it was done uploading, I was like, yeah, let me check it out. And I was like, where the fuck's my music? And it sort of, like, didn't work. I tried, I think, even re-uploading it, and it didn't work again. Anyway, so missed out on that opportunity. There was a completely other different contest uh, probably about a few months ago that I also did ran into the same problem. I think even this time I I tried to submit it earlier, but it was still the same issue is that because I created my audio file in Sibelius, the notation software that I use, when I put it into Logic to save it to the video, it would just again once i went to upload it like i would i would open it you know in quick time watch it find my music's there upload that same video to youtube when it plays none of my music is there so so this time i kind of took that as a sign to like get my ass in gear and be like okay i think i heard about it on like instagram i follow spitfire audio and stuff like that and it came up and it's like you know i'm hoping they're going to do these pretty often where it's like okay like you know here's this contest, you, you know, we give you a scene, uh, you rescore it and then submit it. So, yeah, like I said, you upload it to YouTube, you take that link and you put it in this form and you have to have the form submitted with your link by the deadline. I think I even did it a few hours early this time. So I was preparing to get this done. But, yeah, but the the big thing was this time was I did it completely in Logic Pro. So I didn't create a score. Yeah, I didn't create a score in Sibelius where I can actually work with notes on a staff, the way I'm used to working and seeing music and interpreting music. It's all just lines on a piano roll. And uh, it's oh, basically wow. like the equivalent, like the way I, I, I equate MIDI to like, you know, those old player pianos. We yeah. have a roll of paper with holes punched in it. So it's like, try try composing... With just a roll of paper that you've got to punch holes in, you know, (laughs) and actually make it play the right notes that you want, you know. So it's, it it was, it was a really new experience for me. Um, I, I got a little bit used to it. Um, it was definitely slower, like certain things, um, that shouldn't have taken as long took longer because it was kind of like, you know, what, what is this note? Okay, like, and you know, because you have the piano on the left and then you, You just have these lines, and each line represents a different chromatic note of the piano. But when you're looking at the middle and you just see all these lines, and they do help you out. They do have some that are shaded lighter, which are meant to be the white notes. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of tell, like, oh, if you look closely, oh, that's E and F because there's two white notes and then there's B and C. Okay, got it. But, like, when you're just staring at a screen for endless hours and that's, you know. And, I mean, you could zoom in, but then you're only looking at the range of an octave. But if you're trying to put together, like, a full string section or something, it's like, you know, you're, you want to be able to see three octaves, three, four, five octaves. So it's like you get to zoom out. So anyway, so so that was the big thing with this. I was like, you know, I've been working in logic a little bit, but I've been taking, yeah, taking Sibelius files, say exporting them as uh, XML files, then opening them in and submit and logic and going okay here's what I have to edit to now make it work in logic you know because it was already set up and I also figured out that different ways of saving it different information will carry over whereas other information won't and there are basically two ways you could do it yeah you could also save it as a MIDI file um, which that way it was it was saving some information but forget yeah so each way will bring carry over some information, but also not carry over other information. So it was kind of like six and one half of a dozen. Of another. So I chose music XML. I think that's one of the ones where it didn't carry the tempo information over, which is kind of annoying because the tempo will work in the playback of Sibelius. So you would think that it's like, it would remember that, but mm. that's actually a pretty easy fix to do in logic because they do actually have bar lines and meter changes. So you can go in and be like, oh, measure one's supposed to be sixty beats per minute, but measure seven is supposed to be one hundred twenty beats per minute, you know, and just get, you could just change that in the tempo information. So it's like that only took five minutes to adjust versus other problems took even longer. Um, but anyway, uh, it, yeah, it was very it was very neat. Um, and actually, uh, one of the things I did for practice was uh, for for Nerd's the Geek. I had a while ago when I finished doing Movie Mumble. Themes. I did a theme for Nerds That Geek, like for the website itself and for Nerds That Speak. They're sort of just like flagship podcasts. Um, and one of the things I did is I was like, oh, I'll use, you know, Morse code for NTG and NTS. And I wrote a little theme and and gave it to John. And he, he used it recently in, um, I think one of the interviews he'd done or something like that.
0: Yeah. The interviews he did with, uh, the Ted Lasso. Right. Yeah. That's what it was. And yeah. With the heels, um, cast the main cast of heels that's right executive uh producer yeah so yeah we threw those actually and that's interesting i'll have to check too
1: because he i think it was when he used it for the ted lasso one and i heard it and i'm like oh man that sounds like so so flat so dated i was like ooh, let me see if i can throw that into logic and rework some of the instruments and so i did so i did it with nerds at geek and i kind of told him i was like here you know if if you like this one better i'll do it with nerds that speak also and uh, I forget oh, what did he say. He said it perfectly, uh, the way he described it. Where it was just what he said something like it's more beefy or something like that. That's probably not the word he used, but like, but it was like yeah, like it just it had it seemed more like three dimensional. You know, I, I was able to do more details with panning, with mixing. I was able to add some reverb, which I don't know a lot about reverb, but you know, it's like I always hear people tell me, oh, it's either you need to add some reverb or oh, it's too much reverb, and it's like. <laughs> okay one day
0: i'll deal with this i'll unpack it's the that timing but, belt yeah. it's the equivalent timing belt for a car you right, say yeah. it's the timing belt that's off so they're gonna look at you like you know what you're talking about
1: yeah yeah <laughs> and it's you know and, and to be fair like wh- whoever has said that is probably right but it's like i don't know how to fix that because when someone says it needs reverb i add reverb and somehow it's too much and it's like i, I don't know where the mid ground is so that's hopefully something I'll, I'll learn. You know, or it's just like I'll, I've heard that before, too, when people are like, oh, you know, could you listen to my mix and give me any feedback? And it's like, oh, you should add some EQ. It's like, what the fuck does that mean, add some EQ? <laughs> when you say add, that's something you should just be able to flip a switch. Oh, I added this. Or, you know, or I feel like even with, with cooking, you know, even that's bullshit. Like, oh, add some pepper. Okay, how much is some pepper? Like, do I add, like, a pinch? Or do I add, like, two cups of pepper? Like... You know, give, give me a range, you know. Well, never two cups. <laughs> I think yeah.
0: That's a good rule of thumb yeah. there.
1: Sure. Um, but, yeah, or, or another thing I've heard, too, is, like, uh, there are a few forums I'm on on Facebook where it's like, you know, oh, hey, I'm a beginner. You know, can someone give me some tips on, you know, kind of mixing and adding reverb? What's some rules to start with? And, and a bunch of people just be like, use your ears. And it's like, you know what? Fuck you, because... You, whoever is asking this question has been doing this, and they haven't heard something wrong that needs to be fixed by using their ears, and especially if it's it's not this um – it's also not this thing that's just like, oh, it's up to taste, because there is an industry, industry standard for certain things about how things are supposed to sound a certain way for it to be, quote, unquote, professional and whatever, or, you know, radio play friendly or whatever. So it's like, don't say that, like, oh, just fiddle around with it and find what you like. Like, no, like, chances are, like, there's a, there is a formula for that, at least to some degree you know, and I actually did find some videos that were kind of getting into that. Like, Oh, if you want to do this thing, here's how you do it. And they would take you step by step, like open this, turn this to this, roll this down to this, go to this frequency. It's like, okay, thank you. This is, this is helpful. (laughs) I was able to kind of do that. This is becoming more about logic than it is about the star girl thing, but we'll get there in a minute. So, so I did that for John and he, and he liked it. So I did it for nerds that speak. So I'm interested to see if he used the new one for the heels interview. Um, because again that when i actually like brought it into logic another thing i was able to do is um in the like a lot of times i'll just say like okay strings here's the strings patch but what ends up happening is it just kind of sits in the middle somewhere now the, the samples i use were recorded on a stage so there is a degree of you know violins to the left basses and cellos to the right so you you hear a little bit of that in in the panning um but it's not, it, it just kind of sits there, and you can't have much control over that. So one of the things I would do is actually say, okay, like violin one, violin two, viola, cello, bass, you can actually spread it out where they would be sitting and where those sounds would be coming from, hmm. um, which hopefully adds to the, the realism of it. Instead of just, okay, all the sounds coming at you from the middle, you can actually hear different instruments at different places in the panic. Um, so anyway, that was one of the things I did with the, the Nerds That Geek and Nerds That Speak themes. But again, that was also a theme that had already been written in Sibelius. All the notes were already there. It was just a matter of, like, tweaking the tracks, you know, maybe copying and pasting some stuff. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, I had already done all the writing. So, yeah, so this was like, okay, I'm actually, like, playing the parts in or going, okay... Uh, I want this melody, but I, it has to fit in this space of, space of time. So, okay, these three notes have to be adjusted so they'll fit between this scene and this scene, all that kind of thing. And being able to also uh, – one of the things I was running into with Sibelius also is that it couldn't play some of my sample libraries because it was playing through this older version of this software – that newer sample libraries can't play through that older version. So sure. I was buying all this stuff that I just like couldn't use because I was still stuck with Sibelius. So, so that was what was nice about Logic was it kind of opened the door for like all these new things that I bought either a while ago or just bought that were just kind of sitting there. And it's like, yeah, let's let's try this out. Let's, let's use this. Um, two of which, one of them is a, a string library that will sort of play re- pre-recorded rhythms. Now you still have to pick what the rhythms are Mm -hmm. But what's nice is instead of having one note that if you're doing like a rhythm or repeated notes, it's just that one sample being repeated over and over again. And it usually tends to make it sound kind of stale and kind of fake because you'll actually start to recognize the sound of certain samples, like cycling back every now and then. Right. Um, Like, for example, um, what they do is called a round robin, where they'll record multiple samples for each note so that it won't it will be the exact same one. But I have one sample library in the strings where they have, like, three round robins. So if you play repeated 16th notes, you'll hear this little... Because it's the same three samples repeating over and over. Whereas with this, they'll record the strings playing, you know, a full measure of a rhythm, or at least a beat of a rhythm. And then you know, so you've got the actual performance of a rhythm that you can then kind of tweak and create your own rhythm. Um, and then I also have a, a percussion library that I bought that it's like that, where you basically oh, tell them cool. like, what's the accent pattern you want, and they have different variations for just kind of filling in between those accents with little, you know, you know, sub rhythms and, and ghost notes and things like that. So it's nice to kind of be like, okay, like this is this is the overall pulse I want to have and I want it to switch from this to this or from an eighth feel to a triplet feel or something like that and you can kind of dictate that but then they have these performances of like a full percussion ensemble again performing those rhythms not performing one note and then you're stretching you know putting all those notes together uh, creating a rhythm which then like I said you start to recognize the sound of the samples so that was kind of what I started with Um, you know again I had access to like all these different brass libraries that I had been buying Um, So it was like, okay, like, you know, it wasn't a matter of, okay, what can I actually play through Sibelius? It's like, what, what, what do I actually want to use? You know? So, so that was really great, really, really freeing. Um, And I was surprised that it didn't make me not finish because it was like, oh, the possibilities are endless.
0: Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. That sounded like it would have been like kind of, because I, you, we had talked to an earlier episode about like, maybe you want to be more confined because then you'll be like forced to produce stuff and that like the the song a day challenge kind of but i'm yeah. glad to hear that like having access to those things and like i i really yeah. like producing with that kind of piano roll style i don't like it, that's what i've been doing with like the midi keyboard when i did the beat stuff um, yeah and uh I don't know, like it, it, it took the pressure off. I feel like when I have a staff in front of me, I feel very intimidated. Like right. I'm back in school where if I just have this, I, I can see, okay, there's one, there's the, the end of one and just having it really mm-hmm. well divided that way. Like especially for beat stuff, right? Cause like you're just rhythmic, building a rhythm and then having it transition become crazier and then like establishing that contrast is great. Cause it's just like, okay, just we'll drop. Drop that one note here, and so they heard it in the the previous bar. When it comes here, they'll be waiting for it. It's not there, and it's gonna it's gonna like hit them a different way. Like I don't like just visualizing it that way is kind of like the grit. I mean, even the drum pads or like you do it on like drum machines on your phone will have that kind of block where the lights will go past and it'll hit the different ones. I don't know. Like Mm -hmm. just visualizing music that way is kind of an interesting
1: no no and and yeah to be fair i wasn't i wasn't saying it as sort of a a value judgment it was more just because it was so new to me and because i was so used to the other way but i i do see a lot of the potential for it yeah because it is much more of a a you know blank canvas you know right like here's this space like fill it however you want yeah you if you don't want to you don't have to think about bar lines or beats you can just slap notes down you know um but i was also, thinking it was
0: cool i i was i didn't think you were talking down to it i i yeah. i understood the the like okay, having to yeah. translate between the two and i thought yeah. that was it was cool that like you didn't have to throw the baby out with the bath water you were like i i know where these things go like right yes yeah. you were translating kind of the composing knowledge to this new format which is again you just you're pick you pick up the new stuff really quickly and it's really cool can you describe the episode oh. Or what is Stargirl? I know it's a DC property. I know there was a star man. Do we have any context on Stargirl? So I'm Presumably I'm a little... she's from the stars.
1: Well, no, no. so I'm, I'm a little bit behind. So so there is... Um, okay, I'm going to try to put this together as well as I can. Here we because go. I'm so excited.
0: Yeah. So... <laughs> we need some okay. backing music for when Tim gets into a, a story. Right, Yeah. <laughs>
1: So so she was created I, I I heard somebody she was created by Jeff Johns, who Jeff Johns is well <laughs> he was the Brian Michael Bendis of DC before Brian Michael Bendis was the Brian Michael <laughs> Bendis of DC. So so yeah, back back when Brian Michael Bendis was, was doing stuff for Marvel, like Jeff Johns was like my guy for DC. Like those those were my two where I was like, everything they write is just is just gold and you know, Jeff Johns is probably a big part of why I got into DC stuff as much as I did, mostly specifically um, the Green Lantern stuff. Right. And we've talked about him before in relation to that, like did the Green Lantern rebirth, the, the you know, Yellow Lanterns, the War of Light, the Blackest Night, all that stuff. So good. He also did this run, and it's really funny too because back when me and two of my friends used to exchange comics and kind of like you know borrow each other's comics and stuff, I had read a bunch of I think it was the, the Justice League that was after uh Infinite Crisis when they did like the new 52.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, no, no, sorry, not the new 52, they did 52 which this was, I think, first time 52 became. I know they've done, like, 52 and then Countdown, which also did then New 52. So this was, like, after Infinite Crisis when they went from, like, this multiverse, then crammed everything back into one Earth. right? And they had a series called 52, which it was a weekly series, and it was basically counting down to a year later. Yeah. And at the same time, they had released a bunch of comics that were – supposed to take place a year later. So like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, they all kind of left the DC universe to go soul searching. And that's where we have this 52 where there's a year with none of those characters. um, And it's what was going on in the meantime. However, we still had Batman, Superman, but it was, it was like one year later. So we didn't have to wait for more Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman stories. Um, And around that time, they also did a, a relaunch of the Justice League, and they also did a relaunch of the justice society of America, which right. I was much less a fan of that. Cause that was kind of like the older generation. You have like, was it like our man? Um, there, there's so many like random characters Fate
0: in it too. I think so.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, the, the guy who's like a boxer wildcat, I think his name is. Okay. Uh, yeah. So they had, they had all these kind of old school characters and, in addition to kind of setting off on this new Justice League, which I believe, I could be wrong, but I think Jeff Johns was writing both of them. And I actually read these before I knew who Jeff Johns was and realized I loved Jeff Johns and was reading these. I was like, wow, I actually like this stuff. And it was really weird. And I think that was probably one of the early examples of the characters don't matter as much as who's writing them because you can take these boring ass characters like and do amazing stuff with them. Um, so back around that time, yeah, it was Jeff Johns. Was I again? I believe I could be wrong. I think he was doing Justice League and Justice Society at the same time, and it actually built into this crossover between the two, and then the Legion of Superheroes worked into that, and that was a whole big thing. And I think somewhere around before, around that time, I stopped reading. But uh, I, I since since then, when I realized, you know, oh yeah, Jeff Johns, I love his stuff. Ooh, I, I started collecting that stuff in trade, so I do have a few of that that a uh, few of those somewhere. Uh, but anyway, so he created Stargirl, but I don't know if he had created her back during that run. Because in the show, I think what it is, is she's trying to put together a new Justice Society of America. And what he was kind of doing back then, too, it was he was also kind of creating this, like, next generation. And okay. I think that's what they're doing in the Stargirl series. Now, I haven't watched it, but it's not because I'm not interested. It's because... I had gotten so, so, years ago, I had gotten so sick of the CW app, which is where I was watching, like, I, <laughs> I love, like, I like, Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning, I was watching it all. But the CW app, you'd be watching it, it would go to a commercial. You'd come back from the commercial, and it would freeze up. So you'd refresh the page. It would go back to the beginning of the episode and start all over again. And you'd have to watch three commercials before even starting the episode that you already watched the first time you tried it. So it would take me, like, two hours to watch an hour-long show. And I just got so sick of it. I was like, I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. I'll wait for it to come on Netflix or whatever. And then of course, like everything, like with walking dead, when they make you wait two years or game of Thrones, you kind of forget about it, get on with your life. Right. It's like, Oh yeah, that's right. They've been making arrow and flash and Supergirl this whole time. So I finally recently got back into those shows and trying to play catch up. Um, and yeah, like you said, there's so much of it. So I, I, I basically started when they did, um, the else worlds crossover, which is Ooh. around where I had left off. Um, where they were starting to hint at this. I mean, we already knew there was kind of a multiverse because Supergirl's Earth is different from Flash and Arrow's. Right. So, and the way they brought this story in, for those of you who haven't seen it, is as a sort of prelude at the end of the episode before the trilogy started, you saw all these characters who were, like, strewn about this battlefield and they were all dead. And you see costumes that you are kind of recognize. Like, one of them... You see a green lantern, but his costume looks like the green, sorry, not green lantern, green arrow, the green arrow from Smallville, where he had like the shiny hmm. kind of, you know, leather, not the kind of more like edgy, darker leather. Anyway. And then you see this Flash wearing this, you know, this red costume, and you see that it's a, uh, um, uh, I forget the actor's name, damn it. That's right. Um, no, um, the, the one who played the Flash back in like the 90s. Oh, right. right, 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 right. Uh, uh, um, Damn it! I follow him on Instagram too. I should know. John Wesley Ship, John Wesley Ship, I think his name is, and he's he's shown up on the Flash um, series as as Jay Garrick, the Jay Garrick right. Flash.
0: Gotcha. different,
1: you know. So they had him in the costume from the '90s Flash that he played to kind of like, oh man, look, like we're bringing back all this stuff, and this it's this basically one, Tim's like dream is right. what they've been doing. Is yeah, because basically, what, yeah, what I would have done. Like we, I think we've talked about that before. What would I would do if I was in target of the DC universe. Mm-hmm. So, to be fair though, the Elseworlds crossover wasn't one of my favorites. I feel like they've they've gone hot and cold, alternating with the crossovers because they did a first one where they first brought Supergirl in. It was really cool. They were like fighting aliens, and it was kind of like okay, sure. But then the next one, they they crossed over to this world where, like, they almost kind of... I think they had referenced, like, a Red Sun kind of thing where Supergirl had landed in Russia. So it was the same Supergirl, but she was, like, evil, and she was, like, dating Green Arrow or something. And it was just, like, you've got all these darker versions, which is also, I think, a tie into like, what is it... um, What's the one where they have, like, the Dark Justice League? uh, Justice League Dark? I guess so, yeah, yeah. Or (laughs) or Injustice. Injustice, yeah, that's the one. Dark is, like...
0: Again, the demon and uh, oh, that's Dead right, man yeah. and yeah, swamp thing. And-
1: so that's yeah, crazy. so this was this the this, these same core characters we've been familiar with, but they were like you know, evil versions of them. And then and what yeah, what was it like? Um, yeah, like uh, I think some of the villains that we know were actually heroes in that world. So mm. that one was really cool and interesting. We had multiple versions, like played by the same actors and actresses, and that was really fun. And then this one, like this guy gets this book of power and he can do anything he wants. So he makes arrow and flash switch places, which was like kind of cool, but not as cool as that they were building up to for it being this whole trilogy crossover, you know? So this is where I kind of ended this is where I jumped back in. So I've recently been rewatching all this stuff, but I like to watch it in order. I want to know all the context. So star girl is only in like they've only done one season. So that's one of the most recent ones. So It's going to be a while, because I've got to get through a few episodes of Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, Black Lightning does, I think, end after season four. Um, But then they also had the Batwoman series that started up somewhere around there. That's during um, the Elseworlds crossover. That's when they introduced Batwoman. And I forget what point it is where she gets her own season. Um, But I've got to jump in on that. Only recently is when they did the Stargirl series. But from what I've seen... Yeah, she's like a teenager. and Actually, I think she appeared in one of the other crossovers because they had done time travel at one point, too. So anyway, so yeah, so but she's like a teenager now, and she's trying to put together a a new justice society, I think. But I think she's, it's all younger kids, so it's not like she's kind of fighting all these old-ass people who are heroes. But I think what I hope they're doing and what he did in, his run on Justice Society was they're all descendants of the original Justice Society. Gotcha. So... what? What's her power set? What's her origin? She's got this staff, and, it, like, it produces light. I think she can fly on... I feel like I've seen her, like, in comics or whatever, like, sitting on the staff, almost like a witch on a broom. Like, okay. it'll levitate. She can fly. Solid. Um, apparently, it's got some, like, badass fight scenes in it, too, because there are a few... Um, so through uh corridor digital they have a series where they do you know stunt men and stunt women react to good and bad stunts in hollywood and they've had a few stunt women on there who have actually been working in um on Stargirl and, and a few other actually in the Mandalorian and stuff like that too. It's kind of interesting to see, like it seems to be this close knit thing. It's like, Oh, you know, you get these, these uh, stunt actors. They're like, yeah, I played, you know, Black Panther and this and that, and that and I was in this and I was in Captain America and I was in the, you know, and it's like, same thing with this, like, Oh yeah, I was in Mandalorian. I was doing
0: this, like, um, like the, oh. the, the speaking of yeah. the fight choreographer for the new bond film, no time to die. If mm-hmm. it will ever come out. Is the fight choreographer for the Moon Knight series. Ooh. So we're getting like James Bond esque, <laughs> like nice. brawling, like Daniel Craig brawling. Like in Roger Moore, that yeah. would be really, really depressing. But <laughs> because it's Craig, like there's going to be some meaty punches in it. Sorry. Oh, nice. It just, but it seems to be like there's a pool of talent who are, are choreographing and who are the, the stunt men and stunt women, like the teams around those different shows.
1: Yeah. 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 And, and it's That's great right. too. Cause like, you start to feel like as you do that research you're kind of in on this little secret society by knowing who they are. Like, so for example, this, this one woman that I was watching, who, you know, she's a, a stunt actress. Um, her name's Lauren Mary Kim. She played, uh, so the episode of uh, well, she did at least two things that they talked about from Mandalorian. Number one, she was a stunt double for uh Fennec Shand at certain points like the part where they're in the desert, she like jumps backwards off a rock and like shoots at some right, stormtrooper right, or whatever. Right. Like that was Lauren Mary Kim, and she also played um, I forget her name, but the 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 woman that Ahsoka Tano fights,
0: right? Right?
1: Right? Right? Where she With gets the, the staff from? The staff, she was yeah. yeah. She was the stunt double for her. Okay, that's rad. Yeah, and she's done a bunch of the different stunts in Stargirl. Girl. They've kind of mentioned that, and like, um, yeah, I've seen a few things. They're doing like tons of wire work and everything, and it's like super intense. So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting there. Um, so it was kind of weird kind of doing this because it's like with Westworld, it's like I knew that show, you know, whereas with this, it's like, okay, I know the DC universe. Like I'm a fan of it. I've, I took a break, but I'm back in it. Um, but I also didn't want to be influenced by any of the music, which I, so I was kind of glad I knew very little about this. I was like, what can I do? Just what I know from the comics and by just looking at it you know, not listening to what was done and be like, okay, how do I do a different version of that? Although of course I did end up listening to it after, cause it was a video with the composer where she's explaining kind of how she scored that scene. And I'm listening to all the stuff she did. And I was like, fuck, I should have done this, something like that. But then it's like, well, no, because then it would have been the same, but it's also just like, okay, how, how am I supposed to top that? <laughs> um, but yeah. So, cause it, yeah, cause it was, it was great. It was just like, uh, and so, so the composer, um, I forget her name too should i should i'm gonna look this up because i shouldn't be just like this person and this woman blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah this is the part where we look up stuff on the internet <laughs> i want a little
0: sting for it <laughs> it's yeah. like and now we look stuff up there yeah. i was telling tina <clears throat> there's this channel i follow it's the jhs uh guitar pedal channel oh, So yeah. josh scott is the the founder of the company he he's like the main engineer for all the pedals Like he hosts this show and it's just these guitar nerds who hang around it's like the production value is great and they have these little stings where it's like it's a big thing in the pedal community to like have the box mm-hmm. or it's like oh i have the box for that and it's like he has the box it's like this little <laughs> like like the more you know S little sting yeah yeah And then yeah. he has one for it's like uh i don't have this pedal it's like I don't have this pedal. Am I gonna survive? Like, <laughs> He's—they've got all. It's like really, really fun, and like I, I really like those those stinging like <laughs> things. That's... We used to we we had one cue for that. I'm getting s- sick of editing them in to the other podcast. Right, my my favorite segment, which is stupid, has this stupid little theme that we really. I really love like editing. (laughs) No, I I do love it. Yeah, like once I once I kind of like got the music
1: done and was kind of like, okay, don't make this into something. This is (laughs) isn't let it be what it is. It was like, okay, boom, here it is.
0: (laughs) It it's great. Like it's it's just wrong
1: enough. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, because that was the thing. Is like I think we we did one where it was like nice harm nice tonal harmony. Yep. And I was like, yeah, send me the recording, and you sent me the other one that was a mess. (laughs) And I did that one, and then I was like, oh, I want to do the good one. But by the time you sent me the good one, I was like, no. Like, I love the other one now. I don't want the one that sounds good. <laughs>
0: That's great. <laughs> uh,
1: so, okay, so her name is, is Pinar Toprak. She's the, the composer for Stargirl and also for um, um, Captain Marvel, uh, okay, amongst cool. many other things. Sweet. So, yeah. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, So so I dove into doing this, and one of the things I've learned – uh, from watching videos about film scoring that I didn't really kind of know. I, I would just kind of fumble my way through something, trying to like kind of add stuff to picture. But one of the, the things I've learned is that the, the idea of kind of picking a tempo first, or as one of the first things, you know, mm. getting an idea by the mood of it, like how fast you want it to go. Cause then what, what that helps you do, if you have like two minutes to score and the first, you know, 45 seconds are hardcore action, and you're like, okay, I know I want this to be fast. Well, now you've got this this 45 seconds to kind of play with, as opposed to, what am I doing in this five seconds? Okay, I want to do this. Okay, now this next scene, okay, this is happening here. You know, and that's kind of what I would do before, is kind of look at it in these tiny chunks based on every little scene, as opposed to, like, we have to get from here to here. You know, this is an arrival point. So... So, that was kind of another thing I did differently here was to say, like "Okay, where are these big hits? Where does the action um kind of not really stop but like let up so so there's a point in the video, and we can talk maybe we 'll talk more details after we you know you 've watched it um, kind of how that played out, but that was that was really something that I did very differently with this that was very helpful to look at it in bigger chunks of like here 's this one mood that carries us here, and then the mood changes to this, but then the mood changes here. So there's kind of i think three three big sections. Um and I think I even only did like two different tempos, like one for the beginning, one for the end. Um and then there are things you could do, you can slightly tweak the tempo like if you want, you know, beat 1 to land right on this cut and it's just off, you can actually drag it a little bit so instead of, you know, 120 beats per minute, it's like 120.3 beats per minute and now boom, that will land right where you want it. To. Um so you'll see like little things like that happening. Um, and yeah, like I said, then part of it was also, uh, well, what we mentioned earlier about the whole idea of like having too many options. I watched the scene. I did know, okay, this is the vibe I want to have for this because so, okay. I, I also realized when you're like, Oh, is she from the star? So, so star, and it's more of a patriotic star. She's a a star spangled girl, not, not from the stars. (laughs) So so which stars, which bangled banner. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, so that's kind of, so part of the thing I wanted to go for with this was this kind of patriotic aspect and kind of keeping it somewhat traditional in terms of orchestration, like not super synth heavy, um, you know, and, and since I'm scoring her as a hero, not her as a typical teenager, you know, I wasn't going to go sort of like pop music route. It's like, this is her, you know, she's she's trying to resurrect this old school group of
0: heroes from, you know, who knows, like the twenties, thirties, forties, fifties. It'll be interesting to go into with that kind of context. I don't know if I would have like thought star spangled. If you hadn't said that, I don't know. I mean, what... If you
1: saw the costume, then you would get oh, it.
0: It's basically like a girl version of captain America. I see.
1: gotcha gotcha, and a so, and a spear instead of a shield, you know gotcha,
0: so what was the brief for like what's the scene that you were like the the prompt for the this the scene
1: it starts and it's it's in the middle of this action
0: where she's okay. screaming the
1: bus and you see that this bus is hanging off a bridge, a school bus. And all of a sudden there's this giant robot that's been frozen. He has to break out of the ice. So, so we don't know how the bus ended up like that. We don't know why this, this robot is frozen, who this robot is, like the you know, you know, bus falling music, (laughs) right? You know, (laughs) what did you name Um, the piece? I mean, it's just, you know, star girl scene. You know, it's it's not it's basically, teetering it's, on
0: the, You could have hammed that up so hard. <laughs> see,
1: that's on one of the break, things. Something. <laughs> see, that's one of the things too. Is like I'm trying to also learn. Like when you've like I've seen what the titles of cues are, and it has to do with like what reel of the film this is, what scene uh, it is. Gotcha. So like. I think it's only when the soundtrack is released that you actually give like expressive descriptive names to it. Right. so I'm trying to focus more on that part of it like, hey, this is my score for this scene like I you know and and kind of relinquishing the control of like this is what I want this to be named. It's like no, it's for this this clip specifically you know so which that's also kind of liberating too to not have to be like I have to think of a clever title like <laughs> stargirl scene. Cool,
0: moving on for some um, reason that, that this is an idea that's going nowhere just real quick yeah, yeah. for some reason i'm picturing like maybe a sequence where a bus is about like teetering on the edge of falling off a cliff where there's there's like a zoom in kind of through the roof like from the front to the back where it's like the faces of kids like just going on a trip like And then as you go further and further back, it's the realization in their faces that they're teetering on the edge of dying. Like (laughs) within the world of the bus, the setting of the bus, there's dramatic irony because in the back of the bus, they know they're going over the hill and in the front, they're still on their way to the zoo. (laughs) Yeah, It's like the opposite of a roller coaster.
1: (laughs) Right. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, so, so yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. And that's the thing is we don't really get much context. I mean, I guess we could go back and watch the episode, which, again, I didn't want to. I didn't want to familiarize myself with what was already done. Um, I didn't want to get too deep into, like, context, um, you know, because, you know, one of the ideas with a lot of film scoring is the idea of having, like, you know, having a leitmotif, like a melody that represents a character or emotion or a scene and plays something like that. And I I wanted to do a little bit of that, but it's also like I'm just scoring this one scene. Like I don't want to go off writing like 12-bar themes for 10 different characters when we only see that one character for like three seconds. So I was trying to be very minimal where it's like, okay, I want a small enough theme that is going to be recognizable, but I don't have to take this theme through 20 different permutations for every possible scenario. It's just what we need for this. Um, You know, I didn't want to be thinking too much beyond this scene and just kind of you know bog myself down. You know, I wanted to be like, okay, this is the gig, score this scene, you know. Gotcha. So so that was part of it. Um, you know, so I do have kind of different themes and sounds for the different characters that we see. But but again, like I didn't really I, I didn't want to bog myself down being like, okay, well here's this one villain that we see for a total of probably three to four seconds you know, what's, what's his motivation, what's he's doing. I kind of just kind of narrowed in. i like, okay, what, what his power is kind of what he's doing in this scene, um, you know, and kind of let that kind of just paint that picture, you know, not getting too much into, um, you know, who he is outside of the scene because, you know, and maybe that makes me a bad film composer. You know, I feel like, you know, actors and actresses will do that. Like, Oh, I want to, you know, know about, I want to create a past for this person so that my, my two seconds of coughing before I die as this one extra in this, this thing will have some weight to it or whatever. Right. Um, but, you know, for me, the thing I need to work on more is getting stuff done quickly. So that was the other part of it too. Is like, I don't want to do weeks of research and watch the entire star girl series right. so that I have context for the whole series to kind of cram into the, the this minute and a half. I want it to be like, this is the gig, get it done. But, you know, do it well, do it justice, you right. know, do, do what needs to be done for what's on screen. Cause that's something I've noticed too, is I've, I've worked with other directors where they'll give me descriptions of stuff and I'll kind of write music going in one direction. But then when I actually see what it looks like, it's like, oh, everything I've been doing is totally wrong for the look of this and gotcha. having to rethink everything. So to kind of just, yeah, just live within the world of this one minute and 30 seconds. Um and, and again, I knew a little bit of context. I think I read like the Wikipedia page because actually, so there was a series with her where she works. I think it's her like stepdad is who's in this giant robot played by um, oh. uh, um, Luke Wilson. Oh, okay. and and uh, yeah, while Owen is doing Loki, the, Wil- doing the Wilson brothers are doing well on the yeah. <laughs> in this um, superhero game and i I think that that robot's name is Stripe, like spelled out like shield with all capitals and periods, like it's God, an acronym sure. for something. I don't know what it is. Um, so they have a, a series together It's called Stars and Stripe. Uh, uh, so, so I was like I so like I, that. that's part of what I was thinking, okay, I knew that, I know who he is, you know okay um, and actually that's part of what I incorporated so so one of the things I did for her. Because, like, okay, she's this patriotic character, and I want something that's recognizable without completely, like, ripping something off that's, like, to the point of stealing. So what I did is I made her motive is basically a descending and ascending major chord, which is how the uh, Star Spangled Banner starts. Mm -hmm. So that's basically, like, her little melody, but I kind of fragment it. And so you'll you'll hear and it, it's just an easy way to kind of capture the idea of, of patriotism. you know like people may recognize a little bit like, because I think you only hear like three notes at a time, then there'll be a break and then the other three notes. So it's not like in a row, oh, look, this is the Star Spangled Banner. And it was a way of giving this recognizable melody that people will probably have a sense of familiarity to because of that. Maybe they won't recognize that's what it is, but at least, you know, attaches itself to her. Um, And then what I did for for Strike, because he's a robot, is I recently bought this library that was, uh, I think it's called Mega Brass. Where it's a it's a loud brass section, but it's mixed with synthesizers. So you can kind of and you can adjust the level of bra- the ratio of brass to synthesizer. So I was like, that's oh, nice. like let's give him this low low register brass and synth, you know, because he's it's a person, but he's also a robot. So you, that's where the electronic element comes in. I think that's the only time I use that. Well, that and also I think in the in the moments of peril, I also have like the low synth brass to kind of um, add to. Uh, to kind of add punch to the, the, like, oh, no, bus going over the, the bridge. Um, but everything else is mostly, you know, traditional orchestral sounding. So then, yeah, it was just a matter of, kind of, okay, here's where the action is. The action kind of stops at this point, but we're not safe yet. It's it, We think we're safe, but there's still, like, something happening. So kind of keeping this motion going and then layering this other stuff on um, on top of it. Um, so, so that's kind of how I approached it. Um, and actually, yeah, I probably don't want to get too much into more detail until you watch it and then we can kind of go back and I can point to specific things, but more
0: detail. <laughs> oh, I Jim, could go, I can detail days. I was like, am I going to have anything to say about this track? <laughs> well, no, no, I, I, I want to preface excited. it.
1: So here's, okay. I want to preface it so that you know, like, this is, I don't want you to have questions going into it.
0: Um, No, no, no. But but, yeah, I asked for context, but you just you went on Tim. Context It's like, oh, (laughs) oh, and there's there's more to it. So so don't worry about that. (laughs) Okay, cool. I want to do a spoiler-free version. I see. It's great because the listeners are gonna hear just the music and maybe some dialogue. So you've I think you've set the scene really well and also kind of the behind the scene as well. Oh, that's good. I'm I'm well.
1: You know, they should they should go to YouTube and watch it. Maybe hit the like button and subscribe. <laughs> How dare
0: you? <laughs> not on this pod. I'm a YouTube douchebag now. <laughs> I set up my uh camera. I was rearranging my uh, pedal board today. I was like, maybe I'll do a pedal board feature video on YouTube. Because I like those things. Maybe I can like things and not have to do them. I think that's, that's something yeah. I need to like i could just enjoy them talking about it like i don't need to participate in that right (laughs) like right work on play your guitar record the song finish the song you've been writing since high school like do that stuff let's not add more to the equation (laughs) oh yeah this this costume is straight out of compton (laughs) straight straight out of valley forge All right, so we're going to share screen, we're going to share the sound. We haven't done it with video before, but... Okay. Be All right. in the video. Can you see?
1: Uh, yes. Also, I feel like this way, if there's a delay, like, I've seen it before. Right. It won't, it won't ruin the experience for you.
0: Okay, it's already in 1080. Yeah, she's straight out of Compton. So this is Tim's entry for the Spitfire Audio slash DC Stargirl scoring competition. Hashtag my star girl Score. <laughs> Say that That's five the times fast. Don't want to walk into the ocean. <laughs> Put that on the program. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Ah! The Look at you. Look at you. <laughs> is everyone okay? Watch your step, kids. Stay behind the bus. All right, easy. One at a time.
1: <laughs> this was a mistake. We need to go. We need to find Icicle.
0: This whole thing without context is great. <laughs> Look at you using that cold wind,
1: low brass kid needs some chapstick.
0: (laughs) Oh God! Right? Sad French horn. No, they didn't flip a card. Oh my God! Okay. (laughs) I've I. I thought about li- like wanting to just listen to it first without the video. Oh, okay. I kind of still want to do that, but I almost think it's too good for this shitty <laughs> rendered <laughs> show. <laughs> well, and we
1: well, see. That's the thing is like, I, I don't know any of the context for this. Like, I don't know like where any of this kind of came from. Uh-huh. Um, but, but again, like, I think part of, like I said, what helped is like, I know that Stargirl was created by, by Jeff Johns and I, I, I don't know if he kind of interacts with the show at all, but I'm, I'm, I'm in it with the whole DCCW universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now there are, there are definitely strengths and weaknesses in there. I feel like, you know, not like I'm an expert, but it's like, look, I, I love this world. So I feel like, okay. I will give it criticism, but it's not because I'm a hater. It's because
0: like, right, right, right. you're fucking up this world. I love, you know, uh, and I, like, I'm not dissing. the Like just the robot looked a little wonky. That that's right. the only issue I had with it. Yeah. Like that has nothing to do with the music. Like, I was just say like, no, the yeah, score no. was like solid and cinematic. And like, oh, I just, I felt like. CW couldn't afford you to do that. <laughs> not anything against the composer or anything. Just like it, it yeah, like it, it totally informed it. It, it and is is one of those things where like a soundtrack will disappear in certain moments, and but like there's the little notes of like here's the set, like I, I it matched the emotional tone of it. It was great. I, I enjoyed it quite oh, a bit. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: and that, and that was one of the things she said too. Like part of why I picked this scene is because it goes through these different emotions, these different, type, you know, situations. So, and, uh, and that was one of the things is that very early on, like almost right after I decided that her little theme was going to be like the opening of the star spangled banner, seeing like that kid die in the little card, I was like, Oh, like, you know, taps is also basically just arpeggiating a major chord. So it's like, it kind of, it, it did like her, her theme um, which normally goes down, you know, from G down to C. For the very end it dips out down you know, the G C for that like like how how taps ends, you know. So it's kind of like, you know, it all it all kind of fit, but it all like, you know, it, it, it fit the mood and that was that was kind of one of the things, and that's sometimes what's tough, is like, okay, I know I'm gonna start it, I know I wanna end it, but it's the middle, that's the it's the pain in the ass, you know. So that you know, kind of fleshing all that out. And there was also a point too where it was getting close to the time it was due where I was still tweaking, like, the opening action scene. Like, I basically, one of the big changes is when the bus hits, like, when he picks the bus up and it, like, slams down onto the bridge. Right. Like, that's that downbeat is where there's a tempo change from, I think it's, like, 150 to, like, 120, I think. And I was tweaking that first third of it for, like, most of the time I was working on it. Oh, wow. And I was like, I was like you still have more than half to do like you get you gotta get, get this done and i was almost like i don't i don't know if i'm going to finish it or maybe i'll submit it with just that one scene and be like the rest of it didn't need music you know um and then like the rest of it kind of came together pretty quickly luckily and i think that's part of it's like when you're doing action when you're doing faster stuff um you know one of the guys i went to my undergrad with kind of put it well with like you know like faster music you know like there there you have a, a lot more notes to write you know you know, because it's like, you know, you've got this energy, you've got this tempo. So like, not only, yeah, not only are there a lot of notes, but those notes are also fast. So you have more measures crammed in. So there was, you know, that first part is so much more dense than everything else that comes after it. So just the, the physical entering of notes takes, takes much more time. Right. Um, That was, that was kind of part of it is like, I kind of had her, her theme, but then also kind of like, you know, when, and stripe kind of comes into it, and like, you know, the, I guess, the level of, of peril, uh, versus like, you know, uh,
0: level of, of triumph, you know? Right. Um,
1: the transitions so think... were on,
0: man. Like, like, it never felt like the transition was too early or too late or too stark. Like, it, it flowed very naturally. You're, you're really, really good at that when we oh, listen thanks. to the, uh, um, 2112. Uh, stuff that you had been working on there's like when you were doing the overture and you had Mm -hmm. these like transitions like that that's where the stuff sings because that's where those are the seams you can see where it's stitched together if it's bad and so that was something that like I mean upon for like I'm obviously watching for cutting and scenes and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. in addition to it and it it just very naturally like it, it was not distracting it just it flowed with with the scene which was that that's where you would look, right, to find find mm-hmm. fault would be oh oh that that was a that was a weird transition that didn't feel right like those those anchor points those little I guess transition points the opposite of an anchor is where like it would fall flat if it was gonna which it obviously didn't.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, and that's you know again that's the that's the the main skill I'm trying to learn here is like not. What do I want to do as an artist? But you know what? What does this film need from me as
0: a craftsman? You know, well, that's. I think um, it's a two minute. It's a a minute and fifty eight seconds, and just the. I mean, listeners, you can attest. You can tweet at us or or send <laughs> us a dirty email, like if you disagree. <laughs> but like from the audio, like in two minutes, you told a story, like without the like and that that's it's like the the two sentence horror thing it's like that mm. like the crap that you're bringing is like these all of these moments are significant because in 22 minutes or uh, 48 or whatever the, the the shows are like every minute has to be entertaining because we're like trying to, to to uh pull people away from their phones or all these 86 different things that they got to that they're doing now cuz they have the ability. So like everything has to be informed and imbued with the story. So if you're looking down at your phone and you hear that sad horn, you know what's on screen before you even look up. And that like I it's just a very concentrated like maybe that's the thing is like we we need to make 2 minute films and you just yeah. score the hell out of them. Like that would be sick. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Yeah. To kind of tell a complete story in those two minutes and be like, you're done. You know, this isn't Lord of the Rings. This is just, you know, yeah. And, you know, and, and that's the thing too, is like it, it, I mean, watching this over and over again, it definitely, I mean, I don't want to say it gave me an appreciation for the show because I don't know what any of the rest of the show is like, aside from the scenes that, like I said, I've seen on Instagram in the corner crew with uh, Lauren Mary Kim, like the stunts that she's been doing, like, I, I I'm, I'm looking forward to watching this show. I know it's probably going to be years because I have many seasons right. of the other stuff to get through to lead up to here. Um, and, and yeah, I, 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 like, I think there is a point where she gets introduced early on in like one of the crossover episodes. Um, but I don't know what happens to her in the meantime. And it, when she kind of re enters and gets her own show, like where that kind of fits and everything, all I know is that it's, it's, it's come out recently. Um, Oh, just, like, they also have, like, a Superman and Lois series also that yeah.
0: kind of started recently. Um, the sequel to, what, Lois and Clark, right, was the...
1: Well, Well, what's weird is, I mean, it's it's the Superman from, like,
0: Supergirl's Earth. Oh, weird. Which is kind of why I'm, like... because well, like, wasn't it Tony Danza or somebody? Like, I can't remember who played him in the Lois uh, and Oh, Clark. Dean Kane. Dean Cain. Yeah. Is that Dean Cain? And Terry Hatcher. <laughs> Oh, everything's a Mulaney quote. It's great. Is that Kane Kane? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but uh yeah, so I don't know I don't know if it's
1: supposed to be a sequel, but I mean it takes place and well and that's the thing is like like I thought it was so cool when they did you know, Supergirl, like when they were putting together the CW universe and it's like, oh, instead of starting with Batman and Superman, start with Arrow and then Flash and then Supergirl. And it was like like I loved that it was like a version of the typical DC Trinity, but like instead of Batman you had Arrow, instead of Superman you had uh, Flash, and instead right. of Wonder Woman you had Supergirl. Right. So like I, I feel like like they had all those elements there, and it was so cool that. And she would reference, "Oh yeah, my cousin." So like right. Superman is in this world, but we don't, we never really see him. And then every now and then he would kind of make a guest appearance. So I was kind of disappointed when they said, no, let's do another Superman show. And it's like, why? Like, we've had so much Superman. I mean, even within this past run, you know, like, yep. like and, and it was so cool to be like, no, this time we're going to focus on Supergirl. To then be like, no, but we'll also have Superman too. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, it was, you know, it's kind of neat to have him be this kind of guest star and kind of pop in every now and then. And it's like, oh, that's cool. But like, you know, part of the whole point of it is that like, you know, it's supposed to be kind of her, also moving out of his shadow because, like, she, like he had been Superman. I think it was the yeah that typical story of like she was his older cousin, but her pod got knocked. She was supposed to right. protect kal but she gets knocked off course and she's in stasis. So he grows up while she stays like pretty much the same right. age, I think. Yep. And so when she kind of gets to Earth and comes out, like he's already been Superman. So, I think at first, like, or at least in, within this version of the story, like, she isn't Supergirl for a while. And then she has to, like, save her sister, her adoptive sister. So that's when she finally comes out to the world and she's like, all right, I'm going to start being Supergirl now. But she's kind of got this almost sense of, like, well, why do we need Supergirl? We already have Superman. And it's kind of her coming into her own kind of dealing with that and being like, yeah, you know, we, we still need you, too. You're still, you know, powerful in your own right. So I feel like it kind of undermines that to be like, oh, we also need a Superman show. Like, Like, right. no, it was so cool that he was just, like, you knew he was there, but we didn't need to focus on him. Um, and to be fair, part of it with me, too, is just, like, I don't know that I'm ever going to see a better Superman story than Smallville. Like, <laughs> it, it, and I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Like, I, that is my Superman and Lex Luthor.
0: Like, see, I feel like we, we, we do that. Like, I feel like we get embedded with a certain characterization, especially of Superman. Because for me, it's Chris Reeve all day. All day, every day. Mm. Twice on Sunday like yeah. i i mean i haven't seen smallville i i don't even know that i have really interested like i'm i'm 30 yeah. i don't well, know especially many- not
1: now i mean you've been inundated right. with right. dc tv show characters for the past few years it's like <laughs> what sure.
0: why? yeah but it's also like i'm i'm kind of over the origin story let's they're in high school yeah. unless you can yeah. show no, me fucking, like nightwing i want to see fucking yeah. nightwing in high school Okay, well, see, and, and and that's the thing is this was this was
1: done before that had been
0: done in 50 no no times. exactly right yeah and it like it came out like the perfect age for you to see it and and like by the time i was wanting to see that story it had been gone five years yeah. like so like i think to yeah to be fair
1: too i think it was also i started watching it probably soon after or around the time, I forget exactly what the years are, but, like, when Spider-Man had come out, and it was, like, this was basically, like, telling the story of, kind of, you know, Spider-Man, Harry Osborn, and Norman Osborn, but through Superman, you know, like, like making him and Lex best friends and kind of having this father figure who... You know, Lex can never quite live up to his expectations, but you know he's all super interested in Clark the whole time. So it's doesn't like, doesn't Dwight bring that up
0: in a performance review on The Office? He's like, I think Lex Luthor says, <laughs> "Dad, you have no idea what I'm capable of." Michael goes, "Is that from Superman, Smallville?" <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's from Twenty Something Lex Luthor, not fully grown <laughs> <Lex> Luthor. <laughs> good for michael for knowing lex was a superman villain yeah <laughs> he didn't know gotham city and Met- metropolis oh that's right yeah. <laughs> flawed dean sorry <laughs> um but, so so
1: anyway yeah like i forget how i get off on this tangent in particular but anyway just i guess like yeah like the 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 context of stargirl and where it fits into to all of that right. um you know it's uh yeah, like I, I, I am looking forward to watching Stargirl. It's gonna be a while and this is why. I'm not putting it off because I think it's bad. It's, I'm putting it off because I want it to be, uh, you know, I need to know the backstory leading up to right. this. I need to know the context and the continuity. Like, like with everything I do. Like, like anytime everyone anyone recommends a comic book they're reading that came out last week, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to read that until I read everything that comes before because I need know context. You know, and I I kind of ruined myself. I think that started when I was doing like with with Civil War and stuff like that, the yeah. f- first Marvel Civil War in comic book form. God, when it was so like, that, you know, yeah, and like not getting the context for some things and having to jump back and find out about like, you know. Brian Michael Bendis with this whole Avengers disassembled thing and how that's what kind of broke everybody apart, you know, before civil war happened. And then they were trying to piece things back together after that. And, you know, kind of getting that ebb and flow as opposed to just like, Oh, the Avengers are just having a great time. And then boom, civil war happens, you know, like you don't get that impact,
0: you know? Um, When I approached that storyline for the first time, I just read the central six issues of it. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, that's enough, like in my head, I was like, I, I know what happened. And vaguely I did, but then I started reading stuff. I was like, What the hell happened here? Yeah. <laughs> went back and like I went when uh Marvel had Unlimited had like you could read each issue in chronological order, mm-hmm. so you're jumping from thunderbolts to right. uh, new event or the what was the what was speedball in?
1: What was uh, that New team? Warriors?
0: New Warriors to like Wolverine, because Wolverine's yeah. taking or uh, following tracking. Speedball and Frontline, right? But he's yeah, also fo- tracking like, Nitro, right? And then he's investigating like the Atlanteans, because one of them was on the New Warriors team and got fried. Right. So Namor was like, "We need to investigate this too." Like, it's great. Yeah.
1: That, yeah, yeah. Like my, my friend in. Bill at one point was like, "I want to read Civil War," and I was like, "You will." but you're going to read all this first. I, like, would, I would not let him borrow civil war until I bought all this other stuff. I know I let him borrow this stuff. And then I you bought the him his own
0: copy the worst. Yeah, I, know. yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I bought him his own copy of civil war. That was his reward. Like you get to keep this. You can read this as many times as you want now. Cause you own this. But yeah, you know, I, I, I think I even fucking started him with, with Jessica
0: Jones with alias. Right. Like, That's right. I was, remember you telling me that. This I is where Brian Michael Bendis starts planting seeds. <laughs> I can attest that Tim does not lead you astray. When he says you should start here, it's a pretty good idea to start there. Cause uh, with the, what was the, the other, the Spider-Man, the other oh, storyline yeah. mm-hmm. is incredible. And I'm so glad that I went all the way back to, to read it from the beginning. It's great. It was yeah. Really l- a lot of issues. And there was like, I was like, God, this is a long, long payoff and it, it, it pays off. Like it was great. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. You really need to read the whole. Uh, J. Michael Straczynski run to really have that,
0: you know, what he, he, ref- sets he, up. he references stuff really early that comes back. And yeah. It's great. I, man, and he, he makes kind of the the spider god kind of like a mm-hmm. more real, it's almost like Moon Knight esque, like the, the way he yeah. kind of incorporated the mysticism and made it less of a, a science based super, like a radioactive spider, more like yeah. this, this kind of. God, uh, Anasansi or uh, Anansi the spider god yeah. thing that is it's really cool yeah can't recommend it highly enough it's a lot of issues but yeah
1: just just do it just go just. ahead and do it
0: <laughs> just get Marvel Unlimited they're all on there. just <laughs> so uh I don't I don't have a good segue into our discussion of podcasting other than we are <laughs> Doing it already right podcasting <laughs> already we've been transitioning since we started she done already done had hers. i've been watching way too much rupaul <laughs> the thing is i'm at the end no like i'm two seasons from like the end but the current like the season that just ended airing is not available unless you buy oh. it right now i need to know because there's another uh, another season of all stars that will be spoiled if i don't see this I, i'm mad <laughs> Anyway, that was Joel's, uh, <laughs> drag race update. <laughs> oh, I should find some weird innuendo for that. It's not going to be that much of a recurring segment. <laughs> Speaking of segments, um, podcasting. I know how I got into this. I have no idea how you first voiced interest in it. Like I remember Scott coming to me with you and you guys were like, Hey, we should do a movie podcast. It's like fuck yeah, we should. But I, I don't. Do you even do you listen to podcast? I'm not gatekeeping. Like it sounded like, do you even do you even <laughs> go here? No, it's like get lift, bro. Like do you like? What started your interest in podcasting? Have you just fallen bass backwards into to two with me because <laughs> everything's about so- producing content? <laughs> so. So there's there's a there's a funny story,
1: funny and sad story. So <laughs> it's, it starts, well, funny and sad to me. So it starts like back uh, in the early days of me kind of starting to collaborate with Nerds a Geek, mm-hmm. and like I knew that podcasting was a thing. Um, and uh, see, I'm wondering. Because be, you were on like a, a symphony night, right? Yes, that was my very first podcast, and that was the idea. Was that I was like, and I, I don't know if this was after the first year I had done Comic Con with Nerds and Geek, mm-hmm. and then I had to write a bunch of articles. And I was like, I, I like writing, I enjoy writing, but when it's like you have to write six articles based on these six panels you went to, it's it's like it's daunting, you know. And I have other things you know, it's like, I wish I could write quicker. I mean, I do, I do enjoy writing and kind of putting words together, but it was just like a lot kind of all at once. Cause it was mm-hmm. this one weekend and then it was like, okay, now you have this, these six homework assignments. So I don't know if it was after that where now it was like, Oh yeah. Do you want to do a podcast? And you'll I think, I think part of it was, I would get to go to the concert for free first right. of all. And it was the, it was their, their comic con concert. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, yeah, like I want to go to that concert and now just to be able to sit and talk about it and have no homework, like that part of it, like was, was what appealed to me, you know, to be able to kind of like, uh, uh I mean, I, I obviously like talking. I like <laughs> the sound of my own voice, but no, no, not the sound of my, I, I mean, I like, I like talking with people. I should say sometimes I do too much of talking at them and I, I realized that and I try to do less of it now. Um, But I think it also came at a time where, yeah, as I had gotten older, I had kind of stopped talking a lot more than when I was younger. And this was kind of a way of like, oh, okay, you're giving me permission to talk because this is what this is for, you know. Um, And without just going up to random people who don't care what I have to say and just talking to them, you know, intruding upon their lives. So it was like, yeah, like, you're telling me you want me to talk about this stuff and you want to hear my opinions. And, like, it's like, yeah, that sounds great. And it's like, um, plus, I, I remember thinking, too, that you know, this may have been after I did it, where it's this perfect balance of just, like, you know, if you're just having a conversation with your friends, you'll kind of say whatever. right? But because this is being kind of recorded and broadcast, like, okay, you've got to kind of think about what you're saying a little bit more, but it's also not like scripted. And like, you have to talk about these things. So I remember thinking it's like, it, it's a really good exercise. It kind of makes me try to be the best me. I can be when I'm talking, because like I said, it's being recorded. It's going to be on the internet forever, you know, so I can't just say whatever I have to kind of, you know, watch what I'm saying, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, be a little more um, mindful, be a little more meticulous, but I still can say what I want. I don't have to, you know, you know, talk about or endorse things in a way that I normally, um, so I can still say they're all my own words, you know? Um, so, so I did it. And so here's, here's the sad part is it was before the concert and they were doing like video games and comic book stuff. And they were supposed to do, um, the, the like the the end boss battle from Final Fantasy VII when you're fighting Sephiroth the, the one winged angel mm-hmm. and it it was my favorite piece of video game music like probably even you know better than a lot of the Zelda stuff like I love the Zelda oh, wow. music because it's Zelda's music yeah. but this is like you know it's the Carmina Burana of of video game music where it's got the choir and the orchestra pounding and it's like this really you know. Uh, rapidly changing it's got all these interesting elements and i remember you know playing that when i was playing the game it's like oh man this is amazing and it's like i think it for the game it was even recorded with an orchestra like for that i think it was probably at the time where most video game music was still probably done like electronically mm-hmm. um even if it was orchestra it was like sampled stuff or, or synthesized stuff you know it wasn't quite at the point of like i think as far as i can remember it was um Medal of Honor, I think, was the thing when they really, I think, like I think, Steven Spielberg like produced that like video game series, and they started that actually using an bell. actual orchestra, right. like a live orchestra, recorded the score. I remember that being a big deal. We have a live orchestra doing the score
0: for video. I remember games. seeing ads and stuff like it was a big like yeah. like marketing technique. It was like, hey, yeah. we've really invested in the quality of the the yeah. production. Like, I think voice acting started to get better in video games mm, yeah. at that point too like it was starting to be more of a cinematic experience yeah uh, so
1: so I think and I don't know where this fell timeline wise but I feel like they actually did use a live maybe not or maybe even maybe just a live choir because I mean there were words that the choir had to sing. Right. Uh anyway playing it it felt like this big epic moment whether it was you know digital I mean uh, synthesized or sampled orchestra or live orchestra so I was so excited that I was like, oh my God, they're performing that tonight. And I, think that was one of the things I talked about. I was just like, oh, they're going to play this. I'm so excited. You know, of all the other stuff on the program, that's the thing I'm looking forward to the most. So, uh, we, we get into the, the thing. And, and at one point, you know, and I'm like following along on the program and it's like, yeah, that's okay. It's coming up next. And I start playing this other thing. And John's like, I think he like, he's always like, oh, is this it? I'm like, no, like this this isn't this is this. And 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 then like I think, oh that was such and such from this and I'm like, yeah, that was the piece after. So they the conductor like forgot to play it. Oh my god. Wow. And just never came back to it. Never was like, Oh, we skipped this, let's play it now. Let's do this as our and I was like, maybe they're gonna do it as like an encore. N- never happened. Oh wow. I was just like I was so crushed. And then I think we were even talking to like John's like John's connection from, you know, CSO and he's like, Oh yeah, we forgot this but I was just like, Yeah, I know. <laughs> and and I think like, you know, John was like, Oh, you know, oh they're playing it again tomorrow. He's like, Yeah, we're gonna make sure to play it again and John was like, Oh, you can come back tomorrow if you want and I was, I think I was just kind of like I was just like, like beaten and it was just like, Okay, do I do I wanna come out to see the whole same concert again? Right. Just for this one piece, I don't think I ended up doing it, but I think I think John was there, and I was like, "Oh yeah, they played it on Sunday." I was like, "Yeah, of course they did," because I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> So so anyway, that was my first podcasting experience, and and you know, doing and I, I loved it. I mean, like that didn't ruin it. It was just funny that that was part of it. Part of my first podcast was gushing about how much I couldn't wait to hear this piece performed, and then I never did. Um, gotcha. <laughs> so yeah, and and I think that was kind of when. Like, it was like, oh, yeah, I did a podcast, and I really liked podcasting. I would love to do it again. I'd love to have a reason to do it again. And I think around that time was when Scott was like, oh, I have an idea for a podcast. So that was kind of what got the ball rolling and what made me, you know, gave me enough experience to know, like, yes, this is something I would like to do again
0: and to to commit to for for many years. (laughs) So are there any podcasts that you listen to? No. No. <laughs> Not even this one, listeners. <laughs> and when I say listeners, I don't mean Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean I, I was here for it, you know. So I, was it's, I. It's like, it's like Pee-wee Herman at the end of Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I don't have to see it, Dotty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I think before I, I knew of podcasts like as anything like substantial, like I wasn't listening to it. I wasn't aware of them. And then our friends Jake and Noah did oh, yeah. a podcast called The Poetry Den. That's right. And since they're creative writers and musicians. Oh, also, Noah got my old job. Really? Yeah. Oh, great. Good for him. So. Uh, the one in the I, English I, department. I, yeah, yeah. Did I right? tell you yeah. that, like, my replacement quit right before the end of the fiscal year? No. Like, she was working for, like, two months, and she she dipped. Yeah. <laughs> She's like fuck this <laughs> well uh, g- i guess what happened is like she had asked for a promotion before at, at her previous w- before she left mm-hmm. and she left they wouldn't give it to her so she left and then like three months later she's they were like everybody's quitting because of the pandemic do you want this job that you asked for <laughs> and she's like no yes absolutely goodbye <laughs> yeah so okay. Fair i had let noah know like Hey, you know that job you just applied for? One oddly similar will be coming up. <laughs> so, congrats to him. Um nice, yeah. I, I know he listens to our other podcast. I don't know if he listens to this one. Yeah, that's true. I I shout like... out to him. Yeah. Uh, but and I mean he he's responsible for my career in podcasting essentially. <laughs> so, my uh Yeah, they had, they were doing a poetry podcast where people would come on and read their poetry and they'd get to discuss it. It was like, a, a, and I was still in my master's program, I think. So I was doing more like literature research and stuff, but I was still in, engaging in kind of those creative uh, uh, sessions, like workshop sessions. So it was really cool. Like I, I, and it, it was kind of a big lead up because we were going to record. And then for some reason the interface wasn't working and uh, Jake wasn't able to get it work So we had to reschedule a bunch of times when we finally did it. It was so awesome. And then there was kind of a, a big delay between when we recorded and when we put it out. So that was interesting. So, uh, And I I got the recording of it as, like, for a long time, I hated the recorded sound of my voice. But this was the thing is, like, I got to hear me talk passionately about something creative. And it, for me, it was, like, inside the actor's studio. It was, like, being behind the music. Like I, it just felt like, Oh cool. They're asking me about something I actually created. I get to be excited and, and, and talk about it. Like I always dreamed I I would like that. That was, that was what it was like. It was like, Hey, I get this little, little sliver of recognition and kind of a forum to talk about the creative part of my brain, which I just, I ate up. Um, And then, so I had that experience and that's kind of where I started listening to podcasts was after that. I was like, Oh, this is really cool. What else is out there? And a big podcast that I really liked was the Nerdist podcast back when Chris um, Hardwick was the host. Cause he kind of started Nerdist. Like he was kind of the driving force of that podcast network, huge thing now. Um, and it's kind of like right before walking dead. So he hadn't done talking dead yet. And he hadn't had the allegations and the investigation that he was I guess exonerated from like but he essentially lost that podcast and his role in Nerdist because of that investigation and he's now doing a podcast called ID10T which is like the idiot error error code oh yeah so um and I really liked that because it was it was him interviewing a lot of actors and stand-ups talking about stand-up comedy which is great like exactly my niche of stuff that i like to listen to so that kind of led me to my discovery of pete holmes whitest man in america <laughs> and the whitest thing i like um but like i i really enjoy his podcast which is you made it weird where he has even more kind of like that's the kind of uh armchair spiritualist. like a lot of my my kind of questioning of 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 my beliefs and stuff come mm-hmm. from me listening to that and and him talking with comedians and, and music, uh, musicians and stuff. That's really cool. And then, uh, my friend Alice, uh, introduced me to hello from the magic tavern. No, no, no. I introduced, sorry, weekly planet weekly planet comes up all the time. I love that podcast. It's like my favorite podcast. It's the one I listen to like the most, uh, religiously. And it's these two Australian guys who used to be, uh, affiliated with comic book movie That was their the kind of podcast that grew out of that affiliation and now they have their own network and they're associated with all these all Aussie podcasts and kind of was a window for me to discover other Australian, uh, podcasts, but I love those guys. It's Nick Mason and, um, James also known as Mr. Sunday move. I don't know James's last name. I mixed them up. Like they sound identical. They just play in my head a lot. They don't sound identical, but like, I, I don't know who's who, but I I really enjoy them. Um, and then, uh, listen to all these podcasts and I had gotten, I had some mics from like doing, uh, like songwriting recording for my voice and stuff. And Tyna and I were going to move in together. And I think it was Tyna's idea. She's like, Hey, do you want to do like a podcast? Oh, that's right. Yeah. We did a podcast called the moving in podcast. Um, And the premise was that I, I'm a materialist and Tyna was really into minimalism. She still is, but I have, (laughs) I've won that battle. It's bad. (laughs) We're just choking under (laughs) my, my stuff. But like that was kind of the premise is like we were, we were starting to move in together and we were, we were trying to figure, like it would, it was kind of a cool lens. The first time I had lived with anybody else, like as a partner, and so we were figuring out like how how we manage different things. Um, we talked about like this hazy, it felt like a fever dream trip to Target, because um, like it was the first time. It's like you remember like you you move into a place and then you realize all the stuff you don't have, right? And then you're like, oh shit, we got to go all. This. So we went late night to the Colorado Boulevard Target, and just we were super loopy and so, it was kind of a good like test for our relationship because in that space we were just like it's like coming out of the club like at 2am in the street lights and you still have that right. kind of noise going through your ears. That's kind of how it felt. We were, we were laughing at stuff and not getting irritated. So it was, we keep having those kind of Testament moments where it's like, we could be mad or we could find this hilarious. We typically find it hilarious. Right. Um. So we talked about that. We talked about kind of organizing, like, I think we talked about chores and budgeting which at that time I was very, I mean, I'm still bad at budgeting and bad at sharing that stuff, but I was way, way worse. (laughs) The trooper for sticking with me. Um, but, and then we, we went on vacation to, uh, Las Vegas. And we, when we got back, we did kind of a special episode. Special episode. We don't do that on this podcast. I forgot until I, I just wanted to whisper (laughs) a special episode. Um, (laughs) But we did kind of this two parter of like what we did in Vegas and that was really fun. Um and that one we like I was trying to we were trying to put it out every week and it was like I was editing and then sending the audio to Tyna to make notes and she was edit like she was telling me like what to edit out and where we want it. And we had kind of a very rigid structure of like we wanted we had shameless plugs for things you love. And I I wrote the the intro music to that. I think eventually on motormouthpodcasting.com, I'd like to put it up as like a little archive. Tyna and I talked about maybe trying to do it again. We might have to move it around and figure out. Like we talked about maybe having an intermission podcast where we, because at one point we watched a movie and I was kind of looking over and Tyna was irritated at it. And I paused the movies like right around the halfway mark. And then we had a conversation about it. It was great because it was like right in the moment, Then we watched the rest of the movie afterwards and it had a whole different feel. It was great. Like we might do some, I don't know, but so that we, I think we did like eight episodes and we were hosting it on SoundCloud. It was really kind of like, we had a free thing on SoundCloud. So you had a limited amount of uh, megabytes that you could use. It it was a big learning process, but through that, like I, I had edited audio files and worked in audacity and things before because like I, I had a record player that you could rip vinyl to MP3. Oh. So I did that a lot as a kid and I would do it like one big long line and you cut the, the tracks into individual files. So I, I had some ex, like some idea of how to do it. So I was learning things and doing things. And so, um, we did that. And I think after a certain point, I, we just, it, it was really hard to do, um, that fast and that's kind of where i got all of my ideas about wanting to have a having to record in advance and having a backlog so if we miss one like i learned we i learned a lot from the moving in podcast um and so that i have a lot of podcasts that start with m i'm realizing like <laughs> it seems to be a, a brand um and then on the kind of last two episodes i think Tina was out of town So I, in order to like keep up with posting them, I had Zeke on. And since he and I had lived together as roommates in, uh, college, we talked about that dynamic. And I've been trying to get Zeke to do some kind of web content with me since, since the dorm rooms. Like we did a show, we did a a web series called the Jay-Z web show. Um, this file, I don't, it doesn't exist on the, on YouTube. I might put them up again. I I think Zeke might've asked me to put them, take them down, but it's just like us goofing around. Like I just put on my laptops, uh, webcam and just capture little moments of stuff. And like, at one point we tried to do, like we were going to do, we did like song lip sync parody things. We did one to, uh, don't stop believing it's, it's, it's really quality stuff. Zeke's a hell of an entertainer and I'm just obnoxious. (laughs) Um, which I mean that's our dynamic on movie Mumble, so it's great. Um so like I, I've been wanting like I I love Zeke. Zeke's my best friend. Like we we have all the like really great conversations I've been wanting to, to have him on. So having him on the, the uh uh moving in podcast was like a little it's like oh shit, like I, I wanna do that too. I like wanted to do the movie. I wanted to do one with him. And then, so I didn't do it for a while. And I think, I don't know, I was telling, talking to you about it, or I was talking to Scott. And this is when I discovered I liked Scott. Cause for a long time, we were, I was on the outskirts of the same friend group. And then we went and saw Apocalypse, X-Men Apocalypse together. It's like, Oh, this guy's going to be a best friend forever. <laughs> like that's <laughs> where that connection started. So I think as, as he was, we were doing film club or something. And then I think that's kind of where the, the idea for the film podcast, Movie Mumble came up. And so when it came to me, it's like, Hey, you have, you know how to edit and record this stuff. Cause you've done it before, right? <laughs> I was like, yeah. So I, I, I got pulled in as a co-host, an editor and a producer <laughs> having all this stuff. And we did it for Nerds that Geek, which take, took the really stressful part of like, how's hosting it and having all of the episodes out? So, and, and kind of gradually learning as we went through that, like, how that podcast evolved in like different segments and the organizations of it. And we do that one monthly. And then we had special interstitial episodes, just like how that evolved is gotten to where we are now, where that is a really smoothly oiled machine. And this as preform as it is, is really uh, well oiled and and fun, engaging. And I like, for me, like I just really enjoy listening to people talk about nerd shit. Cause that's, I didn't get to do that when I was in high school like that's the shit I would have liked to talk to friends and I didn't have a whole bunch of like really really close friends in high school I had like one or two and we had to connect on very specific things instead of like all of Marvel all of DC all of Star Wars all of like this movie so like it that became it was a cool way to set the stage for a really deep conversation and it could go in any direction. And I, I really like that. I like having like little interstitial jokes. I love the format of it because it, it, the, the base level content is friends or people who get along or have a good rapport talking about stuff that they enjoy talking about or stuff that they don't enjoy talking about, but they enjoy talking about it with each other because they can sling shit at it. Like, so right. that dynamic especially like the comedian aspect of it, like listening to those like consistently, it's like, there's a, there's a rhythm to them there. There's a dynamic there. They're creative people and they want to talk about their craft. And that's, what's fascinating about it. It's like, I've always wanted to be somebody who could talk to other people about creating things, about doing things, about nerd shit that I was really engaged with. So like that, And podcast, like you said, like, I like writing. I consider myself a writer. Mm -hmm. I haven't wrote in a long time. I needed to to get on that. But the idea of having a forum for discussion, and it's 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 not just shooting the shit. It's not just small talk. It's, no, let's talk about stuff we really enjoy. And I think, like, we were already doing it. That's the thing. You and I in the ID card office, that was podcast talk way before we even conceived, like, hey, why don't we do that again? Like, I'm so glad we're back to it. But, like, we've been doing this our whole friendship. Yeah. It's too bad we hadn't been recording back then. Oh, my God. Those – we talked a lot. Like, we might have gotten fired if anybody knew exact. well, I mean, Jerry knew exactly how much we talked. Yeah. Like, but it – yeah, like, it was so natural. And and I have the same kind of dynamic with Zeke. Like, we can talk circles around everything. Like, so many times, like, we would talk to 4 a.m. in our shared kitchen in the dorms. Admittedly, I would like wait for him to get home and be like, I want to talk to you. And then I would keep him from going to bed. So it was very much <laughs> like I've been forcing Zeke to talk to me for a long time, for a long time. <laughs> so yeah, for like, it's a medium I enjoy. It's something I wish I needed to be better about interacting with the podcast that I like. Cause that's something as like, as somebody who hosts this one and, and produces this one, I really wish we had more fan interaction, or like knew oh, yeah. who was listening to us. Whereas when I'm listening to a podcast, like I, I love the Weekly Planet guys. I've only sent them maybe one or two tweets because I think, oh, they're they're too cool. Like I, I they're not going to read my shit, which is counterintuitive. Like I, I just I I need to communicate with them. Like I want to be communicated with because right. like that that reassures. I mean, they're they're much bigger than us. They have this. I mean, international outreach or, or, or listenership, but like I, I still should. I need to give them an iTunes rating. If we could get some ratings, that would be great. Like <laughs> <laughs> listener Noah, if you could, you and your three children, three children? I don't know how many children you have. Like two. <laughs> Is it two? Is it just two? So. Uh, if all of you could rate us on iTunes, that'd be great. <laughs> you can say whatever you want in the the the. Uh, the body of it, just five stars and then you can curse us out. It's fine. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's, it's a great medium. I really like a forum for conversation. Cause that's the thing. Like I'm not looking at, like I'll, I'll check my phone out occasionally when we're talking, but like very rarely, because this is what's happening. Not watching TV. Music's not in the background. I'm not distracting from my existential dread other than getting to connect with you Look this way. Like, I, I, it's really carved out a space for me to have really deep conversations with my best friends. And then I get to have a record of it. I think that's the other thing. Yeah. Like, the, the kind of the best and purest thing that a podcast has been for me, because it's not famous. We're not making money off of them yet. It, it's that I have a document of my friendships which yeah. is so cool like it, like you used to collect like pen pal letters i this, i think this is in a similar vein where it's like i'm mm-hmm. getting to capture these very human moments in real time and it it's great I, I really enjoy the medium i i mean and i i love the fiddly editing nature of i mean some days are better than others some days some people uh have lip smacking that goes <laughs> <Most> <laughs> you just did it <laughs> Because
1: you said it. I can (laughs) see
0: on the waveform of the audio, Tim opened his mouth right there. (laughs) I wish I could write like a macro or something that would sense when it's this peak, just cut it, just, just make it. (laughs) And like, I
1: I don't know, like I know, I acknowledge that I do it. I don't, Mm -hmm. but I don't know what it is that makes like, why, why, why don't other do other people not do that? What
0: makes what, why do like why do I'm, worse? Like, I'm more aware of it now, so I think I've trained myself not to do it. Uh, Zeke does it a little, um, but not as dramatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just calling out everybody. <laughs> Scott speaks too fucking quiet for it to show up. So when it, he'll he breathes though, he'll breathe through oh, a yeah. pause, which is a little rough. Uh, <laughs> if they don't listen to this, they're just not going to know I'm bearing. <laughs> At least Scott's actually close to the bike now, yeah. As opposed to like back in the day when
1: he'd be like, it's on the table and he's like
0: leaning back. I had to put him on a fucking leash, man. Oh, what a pain! (laughs) Remember, because that was before when when I got four mics, Mm -hmm. which I still have the mics. I don't have the interface anymore because they stole my interface. I'm just gonna keep bringing it back. Like I keep being reminded of the trauma. I'm doing the same to the listeners. Apologize, but. When I got those four mics, I was like, no, you st- now you have something to aim for. It's not like, here's a mic between the two of you. No, you right. need to be right here. <laughs> it helps so much. This is your mic. But I got distracted. What were we talking about? Just editing, I guess. Like, yeah, I, I enjoy editing. It's it's cool that I have, like, producer, editor. Like, that's why, I mean, that was the idea of starting the site and, and wanting to produce it is because you – you're a composer and I'm an editor and we produce things that are are of quality, that are timely, that are consistent. Cause I like, seriously, the moving in podcast trained me a lot. Cause I was like, God, it was so hard to run and gun. Cause it would be how many hours to record the thing. And then we had like, okay, how many back and forth sessions? Like how do we edit this? And then learning the editing software and how do I save? Like, building all of the scaffolding for what would become the two podcasts after was, was a huge building block. And once I had that knowledge is like, now it's super, like it's easier now than it's ever been. And it's, it's, I'm, I'm the most fervent listener to our content because I edit it, but after it's edited, I will put it on because I enjoyed the conversation. I want to hear it back. Like it's, and I, it's a narcissistic thing, too. I like the sound of both your and my voice <laughs> so much that I listen to every episode at least three times. Oh, once wow. live, once to edit, once yeah. afterwards. <laughs> See,
1: I I do wish that I kind of had the, the time and space carved out for when I would do that, but I, I think that's part of it, too, is like I just... I mean, maybe maybe now that I'm, like, driving again to, like, go to lessons, maybe that's sort of a place where that could fit. Um, but even as it is, I'm like, oh, I can start listening to audiobooks again because that's something I really miss. That's, that's more where I think I tend to go in the space where I and yeah. why I don't listen to podcasts. is like when I have that type of time where I'm doing something, you know, with my hands and there can be sound going on that I'm engaged with, it's it's usually like that. I would yeah, I want to listen to an audio book. Um, although, I, after watching the LeVar Burton masterclass, part of me does want to go to
0: his uh, podcast because he does. I think where he'll just like read books. That's amazing. Yeah. That would be so cool. And so the, like I I really like um, Hello from the Magic Tavern because it's 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 like a fantasy improv podcast. Oh okay. So they have guests on, but they're like. A magical character that they're having on within this kind of controlled environment it's it's really fun and it's episodic and they go crazy and vulgar and weird and like (laughs) non-sequitur things and they're like they'll reference the fact that they're actually people and not a shape-shifting badger as or a (laughs) a blue wizard in it but i i think a lot of my kind of training my brain for podcasts or like listening to them really was when i worked for the um uh the library because i was Mm -hmm. like back in the stacks and pulling books and stuff so i had a lot of like dead dead space time so i had it in my ear and i was doing that so that that's kind of and some have stuck in some like like magic tavern i i noped out for like a year because i was sick of like waiting for the next one to show up because i Mm -hmm. i was like list like all of my favorite pot that's why we release on Wednesday because all of my favorite podcasts hit on Monday. I need something in the inner room. I was trying to (laughs) create a niche for it's like, hey, your midweek podcast so you don't burn through them on Monday. So, like, I'm now, like, in the backlog of Magic Tavern. Like, it's funny in that, like, COVID hasn't hit yet, but it's about to. So I I don't Uh, know how the show changes or how they, they reference it. It's really, I'm, I'm really (laughs) steeped in anticipation for that. Yeah. That's Um, funny. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I I enjoy listening. I, when I would like go uh comic book hunting, like in the, in the dollar bins and stuff, I love have podcasts on our driving or walking places. I don't know. I, I don't, I'm, I don't know if you've noticed that I'm uncomfortable with silence because <laughs> I I'm, I'm definitely perfect example, movie mumble. Whenever we get to the end of the movie and there's an, Oh fuck or Oh shit to be said. I'm usually the first guy to say it because I can't sit in that silence. Um, so it, it, I don't know. It like, it calms me. It's, it's you guys. Cause I'm comfortable with your voices. I like, I don't know. It It just, it's relaxing to listen to ours and then to, these friendly voices who are just talking about nerd shit. It's great. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I think
1: I would want to do another one, but I don't know what that would be. And, and also like, it's like, okay, I already have two and it's like, how much, how much more do I have to say
0: you know, to, to, to be part of a third podcast? <laughs> I think we have to be very So different. many podcast ideas <laughs> like Alice and I were going to do one called the revolting development podcast where we're going to read every single issue of the original fantastic four series and oh, just gosh. talk about each issue. <laughs> Cause it was on comic solid or, or, uh, uh, uh Marvel unlimited. Mm-hmm. It was fr- like, there's a million of them. And I already, I had like the hand, like the revolting development at gmail.com. Like it's mm-hmm. great. Like it was such a great idea that we didn't end up doing. Um, You're the Tom Haverford of podcasts. <laughs> Shrimp wall,
1: <laughs> <laughs> dead left shrimp, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe the de- the Dennis Feinstein of, of podcasts, depending on yeah, blood spur. <laughs> Showed me this clone called sluts. Totally to steal that
0: name. <laughs> oh, that's the Manzuka's character, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> was wasn't there one that was like it had mace in it? One of his fragrances had mace or something. I mean, I, I think they're all, they're
1: all just like kind of terrible. I think. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, they've all got terrible names too. Yeah, like yeah, one was is blood spurt. Um, oh, what the hell was it? Yeah, I don't know, I can't remember.
0: This but one yeah, like groan like, or something. Like they're they're real gross. Yeah, <laughs> Manzucas is the perfect guy to play that guy. <laughs> I like I like how Tom is slimy until you meet that guy. You're like, no, right. Tom's fine. Yeah. Tom's totally out.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, I think one of his one of his clones is called Side boob. I think. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely is. Side boob and snake juice. Yeah. <laughs> what is Tom's fragrance that he brings? Tommy Fresh, I think. Tommy Fresh, everything smells. It, it smells like a teriyaki hairpiece. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's offensive, but it's great. Z <laughs> said it. I, I, I think. I think
1: Ben says that when he's trying to describe ben what says it smells it? like. Yeah, I think okay. so. And then I think Dennis finds him and he smells. He says something like, "It smells like someone spilled Chinese food in a bird
0: cage." I think. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> we went on a Parks and Rec detour through the park and rec. It's great. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, but, I don't know if we yeah, had like, too much, like, it, it I, I never stop having ideas for them. Like, yeah. I want to do stuff with Zeke and it's like, at a certain point, I just, that, that's, that's the hard part for me is like, can you just hang out with somebody? Can you just like, right. <laughs> without, not have uh, your conversation recorded? Yeah. Right. And I, I, that, I, that's kind of the, the, the thing I need to pull back on a little bit more is that like, Like, the whole, like, I was going to film myself doing, like, a a board demo. It's like, no, just, can you just enjoy other people doing that? And just, like, it's content you enjoy. That's fine. You don't have to produce all the content you enjoy. Because then you'll do nothing. (laughs) Like, leave, leave some space to consume, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of
1: find myself, I mean, not, not to that degree, but yeah, there are definitely things where it's like, oh, it would be cool to make a thing out of this. It's like, or just, yeah, or just do it. Just do it because you want to do it, not because. I mean, I think for me, it's it's different too, because like, I, I'm always wondering, like, what's something that might get me noticed so that people will find out that I'm a film composer? You know, like, and, you know, I, I mean, sometimes I feel, like, dickish for thinking this way, but, like, I feel like the podcasts are kind of, like, a means to an end in that sense, you know? Like, I feel like, what you know, what if someone's listening to our podcast, and they're like, oh, Tim's a film composer? Oh, I'm working on a short film. I should, you know, and it's, like, cool, you know? It's, like...
0: Then Tim's um, going to leave the I podcast. Think... It's just be me me.
1: <laughs> well, no, and, and and not to, not to, yeah, not to say that it's the conversations that are a means to an end, but the no, reason I, I... for recording them. <laughs> You know, the reading reason for like you're saying we are documenting them and putting it out into the world is like who you know, who knows what's gonna get like here here's an example. So back in my undergrad, um, you know, I was going to school for composition. I still wanted to be a good composer, I still want to do a lot of performing, you know, I performed in a lot of different, you know, like ensembles. Um you know and i also kind of I, I think i was known as a person who was kind of like very uh very kind of free and open and wouldn't necessarily embarrass easy so there was one i think it was like the traditional jazz band was doing this this song million dollar baby and the the conductor approached me and was like i had this idea for like if you could come out during the song Million Dollar Baby, like in a diaper, like twirling a parasol over your shoulder and throwing these, like, these big fake dollar bills all over the stage, you know, and it would be this, you know, it'd be, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Sure. Fuck it. And I had, it was basically. I have
0: any footage of these great performance I mean, art I moments. I don't like, know that anyone filmed this. That that was, you know. With that, and then, like, your, your, uh, um, Oh, the, the sketch show. Who is the guy? Oh and I did the, the Tim Green show? Yeah, the Tim Green show. The <laughs> the, the the fucking sausage dick thing. Like yeah. I want all of these <laughs> That's I think that's another reason why like, I want to document everything is because yeah. everybody has these great stories and it wasn't there and I want to be able to see what happened.
1: Well, I think that's part of what led to like you know when I was like oh I want to I want to be a filmmaker so I'm going to buy a video camera so I can make a film. Like I started filming stuff after that so there's 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 videotape of of stuff of parties of things where I was like but it was also of course like me holding the video camera. Mm -hmm. And then I think at some point, like, you know, my roommate would usually take it. So you do see me interacting with people at certain times. But, yeah, there was a lot of it where it was, like, I'm behind the camera because I wanted to document that stuff. Right. Um, Maybe I'll have to find where that stuff is.
0: and At some point, we can watch, like, old college tapes of mine. Oh, my God. That would be my favorite episode ever. (laughs) Which we will do for content, (laughs) motherfucker.
1: Like, I have to... I, see, I don't even know where they are anymore. Like, if they're sa- if it's saved on some hard drive, some computer somewhere, I'd have to hunt them down. But, like...
0: Gotcha. That would be out outsta- Like, I want to see bits of the movie that you were shooting. Like, I got to... Like, all of this stuff. I... <laughs> yeah, it's...
1: I think part of what happened at one point, and I think this is... This is, I think, part of why I have also become a Mac person, is because I remember... I had edited a bunch of these scenes and I had like saved them to like CD or something like that. And then I think when I got a new computer, I was like, Oh,
0: let me take, and, and it couldn't read the CD. Oh, the, the disc was like, corrupted or something. Yeah. I remember or
1: something. I, yeah. But it's just like, like, like what the hell? Like because I think, you know, there, and there were different video formats. It was, it was saved as the wrong format or something. And it was just like, wh- why doesn't all this shit just work together the way it's supposed right. to It's because I was using a PC and had this program by this developer and this by who knows what the fuck and you know as opposed to like it's Apple everything works together and it'll work the way it's supposed to just do it you
0: know it's probably previous to VLC existing too which will take possibly yeah there were probably other torrents and just fucking play it in 1080p like no problem.
1: But, but yeah, so that, you know, and I feel like that, yeah, that happened a lot with computers, like things not being streamlined. It's like, oh, you need this input for this, but this for this. Like that was back in the day of Firewire. I don't know if you remember that. Yes. Yeah. If you wanted to like, yeah. Is that still a thing? It's still a thing. Yeah. Okay. Is it just USB, but like that's, it's it's,
0: it's more robust. Like, it's it's supposed to be fast. It's, like, before Lightning, like, the USB-C or whatever. Like, FireWire is still kind of, like, the industry standard for, like, large amounts of... But is it just the and,
1: wire? Uh, like, is it a FireWire, but it has a USB plug at the end? Or does it still have a special plug that's only on this one cable that you have to have this special input in order I've to seen, use
0: seen. I think I've seen both nowadays. Okay. Don't come for me, FireWire. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have the wire clippers or the water to extinguish either of your threats. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, like I, I yeah, I'd, I'd like
1: to do more podcasting, but it's also, yeah, like I don't, I think it would have to be different enough.
0: Um, well, let's do that. Let's transition into another shameless segment where it's a uh, great ideas to go absolutely nowhere. What other Dang. podcasts? Yeah yeah bad let's 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 narrow it to like bad podcast ideas let's let's think of bad podcast ideas bad podcast ideas fart rating
1: what did you what did you have for dinner last night (laughs) (laughs) like who the fuck cares like i don't i mean okay to be fair occasionally i will talk about food but it has to be like groundbreaking mind-blowing for me to be like oh let me tell you about
0: this Dude, question. we are so having a taco bell episode you don't even know
1: uh, that's fine
0: <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm not we, opposed we are, to it it's just we like, are striving I, uh, to make this podcast not a tv show discussion podcast i that's how i'm just gonna keep throwing right. in like McDlt dlt <laughs> from right, downtown yeah. like <laughs> yeah
1: I think the yeah, Revolting
0: I mean, Development podcast would have been good. That's not a bad idea. Like, I, I liked that idea. Still might do that. <laughs> I mean, you know,
1: and that's the thing, too. Yeah, like, I mean, I know it's supposed to be bad ideas, but, like, we don't have a podcast where we talk about comics. And I think that was an idea I had a while ago. because my, my two other friends, uh, Brian and Joe, the ones who I think, you know, I told you, like, we would trade comics yeah. and trade paperbacks. We, for a while, we were doing, because all three of us have Marvel Unlimited, we were doing, like, a comic book club where we would take turns picking, like, a limited series. And and part of it for me was, like, at one point, we are like, oh, and we can have three different categories. One for, like, the story, one for the art, one for the cover. And, like, that to me, because I'm lazy, became tedious to have to, like, steer this conversation in the, you know... Plus it was done through email and like sometimes one of us would get busy and it's like, you know, which is understandable, but it's like, you know, cause I was that person too. Like, Oh shit. They both responded like three weeks ago with their thoughts on this series. And I still haven't even read it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I remember always thinking like, Oh, it would be cool to do that as a podcast, you know? And I mean, since I feel like, I could be wrong about this too, but like with the movie, I understand it's a two hour movie. Why we have to do one movie per podcast. But mm-hmm. I was like, well, what if, you know, for each one, we could pick a, a you know, six issues storyline or whatever. And we would discuss all three in one episode, you know, um, maybe, maybe that would be too much. And yeah, taking turns would be better. Um, but you know something along those lines was so structured kind of like movie mumble but with a comic book series instead of a movie or you know yeah like what, what ends up happening here we end up talking about a tv show that we've watched you know um and i know that oh, part of the so nature actually. of this too is like for it to be random but for this yeah we would have to be like okay we're going to read these comics and then talk about right. it but
0: and it's the, like I, I think comics it's difficult it's like wrestling like there's a million wrestling podcasts, there's a million comic book podcasts, and that would be the thing where it's like, either you're doing the stuff that just came out or you're doing abs- stuff. I don't know, I don't know how you make it, not that we're relevant or like that we're, we've got this huge audience or anything, but like the hook is you and I are creative and us discussing, it's mostly selfish like we want to be able to hype each other up and have this conference this space for our conversations like this is the flagship of our our, uh podcasting site and our business that like this is a demonstration of the quality of stuff that we do like that that's the niche it fills with a, a, a comic book podcast it'd be like what what gimmick What's the in? How do you make, I don't know. Like, it, it, right. obviously I wouldn't enjoy reading the same comics as you in real time and getting to talk to you about them. Like that would be enough of a draw for me, but I, I like, it's hard because I, I listened to this, what was this? serious issues podcast, another Aussie one. Uh, and they're based out of King's comics in Sydney or Qu- I, I can't remember which city of area out of, but like they got, Really bogged because they were doing like every issue that came out every week. They would read every fucking issue, Jesus. and it's insane. Like, and they they only had like an hour. They were like limiting themselves to an hour. They were doing it every week. Is just a nightmare. I don't know how it's they too much did homework. It. And eventually, they got to where it's like, okay, we're only doing these series. Oh, we're not doing every week. We're doing it monthly now. Like that. That's kind of where. I listened to another one where it's like. What is it called? Um, Nintendo 69 is their, the name of their Patreon, but I can't, there's, it's a game, a video game podcast. That's a brilliant handle. (laughs) Yeah. They're, they're really fun. Um, but there are three stand up comics in Australia talking about video games. Mm -hmm. So it's great. Like, it's like, yeah. I don't know. Like,
1: yeah. Purposely, I'm, I'm not going to do the bad podcast because I, I guess I have other other possibilities that I would I would want to do um, like you know because I, I guess that's part of it is like the reason for wanting to do a podcast is like here are my interests that I want to talk to other people right. about um,
0: yeah I can't really think about things that I wouldn't want to do watch podcasts <laughs> would be bad I think I, I'll put oh that god out like <laughs> yeah. and, and I I get it like I get I enjoy level, watching people, yeah. like, look and review watches, but just to listen to it would be yeah, unbearable. <laughs> yeah, to not see the watch, first of all. Second of all, like,
1: yeah, that's part, I mean, well, and that's the other thing, too, is, like, I, I yeah, I think you, your idea has to fit the, the audio medium well. Right. You know, and that's the thing is, like, talking about movies with the assumption that someone's already watched the movie, that right. works, you know. Mm-hmm there's no visual component you know what we do yeah it's just it's just talking usually except when i'm like watch this video and listen to the music and tell anything <laughs> um i mean and you know and that's part of why like one of the one of the other things i wanted to do was to do like the um um uh, uh, you know the uh, the radio show kind of thing mm-hmm. um you know and, and and that you know that's one of my one of my things too is that i you know, I, I want to produce creative content. and I know we ran into this with Nerds at Geek where it was like, well, can we just read some pre-existing thing and not get in trouble for copyright stuff? So so it's like, okay, what? you know, yeah, to have a podcast where every week, you know, I mean, ideally, this one probably had more people in it. Right. But like if every week someone, we took turns writing a script that we had to read from. And then we have you know four or five people, and okay, we're going to act this script out as this radio play, and that's you know that's what the podcast is. I love you know, that idea so
0: much. The idea of serialized whether, radio, yeah, plays. yeah. Well,
1: whether I mean whether it's a continuing story or just a one-off story, like,
0: right? It yeah. Doesn't ha- you know be whatever you want, you know? Do like so, Twilight Zone esque or like just epi- yeah. like episodic in that like it's it's happening continually, but like right. I, you know, or, or if one of the writers has a story they want to continue, but you've got to wait
1: for that person's turn to come around as writer to get episode two or whatever, you know, but, you know, so each, each writer can do whatever they want, but, you know, each week you're getting a different story, whether it's a, you know, a different, you know, yeah, different writer who's going to do a different thing every time one writer who's going to continue to, you know, tell the same story. But you know that you have this many characters and you can
0: do whatever you want with them. You know? no, but, I, I, yeah. I still I'm very too. much want to do that. That's so co- Like, yeah. That, that, yeah, that's, that's kind of like, this is us, this is our behind the scenes podcast in that we're like, yeah, the scaffolding workshopping future
1: yeah, future. yeah. Future
0: podcast. It's a workshop. I also love that it's become like the, the reaction element is something I really enjoy about. Like, that's something I never would have thought of without collaborating with you so it's so cool like i've thought about stuff to bring in that same vein as well which i think would be really cool um yeah well i think that's about enough of that and here's tim with the final word hard drive (laughs) we'll see you next time As opposed to soft drive. (laughs) As opposed to soft walk. (laughs) Soft walk. (laughs) Or soft scoot, I guess.
1: (laughs) People should drive, not scoot. (laughs)